airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And it is great to be back with you after a long break. Yeah. And um, some time with our, our family and, yeah. and, and our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to be back. Uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. When I was growing up, that was a TV show. <laughs> it wasn't right. a real date. Like it wasn't. It wasn't something that you lived in. That was futuristic. You know what I mean? It's like you know, you know, it just the Jetsons. It just, yeah, yeah. Right. And I haven't so, seen any cars flying around. But here yeah. we are, yeah. and it's very real, right? <laughs> and uh, and of course, along with that uh, comes a lot of contemplation, mm. and uh, so as not to break too far away from um, what is the norm at the beginning of the year. We thought we might explore some topics that kind of help us to position ourselves um, going into the new year. But now this transition from, did I say Sherry B is over in Studio CC? I don't All right, happy that. new year, Sherry you B. You gotta give Sherry B her Sherry shout B out. is over in Studio, she puts up with a lot. <laughs> so I, I always like to acknowledge people who put up with a lot, i.e., Will the Great. Um, <laughs> I like to acknowledge those people. Um, but this was kind of different. We weren't just going from, one year to the next, you know, mm-hmm. there was a close of a decade. Yeah. And so a lot of people looking back on the last 10 years, did you see on social media kind of heading into, you know, 2020 that people were doing the decade challenge where they were putting a picture um, from like 2009, 2018, no, I seen 2010, I guess headed. Well, uh-huh. I guess it, would, it wouldn't have been 2000, 2020. It was 2009, 2010. Okay. It was like a decade challenge. I don't really take those because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like to do it. Anyways, um, especially... <laughs> You just publicly show people side by side comparison of yourself for ten years. Oh my goodness! I don't know. It's like leave that to That's the paparazzi. A lot that happens in ten years. Exactly. Leave, <laughs> leave that to people sneaking over fences and like selling it to TMZ. I don't know why you need. Why do right. you need to go and do that right. to yourself? No, not to anyone who did it. You're beautiful. Um, anyway, I just wouldn't do it. But so this is a little bit different because mm. we're leaving, looking back on a whole decade, and now going into the tw- to the twenty twenties. Man, that's amazing when you when you when you say it, you know, again, I think like the Jetsons, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 2020. That's mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. But praise God. Amen. And so I'll tell you what I think of mm-hmm. is um, I look at in the last 10 years, the rapid decline of our country, which mm-hmm. I know people are like, don't, don't, don't. Debbie Downer. I know. They're like, <laughs> they're like oh, come on, Mika. We couldn't even get a good year started here. But I think the reality is that there is something spiritual that's happening in our country and we have to face it. And so we want our conversation to kind of revolve around that discussion. Um, What is it that we can look back on in the last 10 years that may tell us where we're going in the next 10 years? Mm. And then how do Christians prepare for that? How do we live in the world and not of it? How do Mm. we insulate ourselves while not altogether retreating now? And people may disagree with me on this. Well, and I'm, I'm open for it. I Mm -hmm. am not, um, I am not an advocate for um, almost like this, you know, Benedictine type response where Mm. we all become, you know, 
monks and, and yeah. retreat from society yeah. in order to preserve right. um, the genuine gospel. I think that the Lord, by his spirit, has equipped us to preserve the gospel right. while we engage the culture. Right. Amen. However, I think what is required is that we have to know what kind of culture we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm alone in this. I don't know if you see this. But for me, the biggest challenge has been assessing America as we are now versus what I remember that we were. Hmm. That's the biggest challenge for me. Like, hmm. you know, I, you know, cause I love, obviously I love church history. I talk mm-hmm. about that a lot. And so when I read, you know, um, accounts of those who have held the line and those who respond, you know, to the culture and they ask the question, is America post-Christian? Mm-hmm. So like 1920s, we were asking this question, mm-hmm. you know, is, is America post-Christian? You know, this is, this is the big, the big deal. Yeah. Um, and, and here we are now, um, 100 <laughs> years later. Yeah. And we're asking the same question, but I'm going to say this. And again, I, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not letting the air out of America. Yeah. I'm not just like, all right, guys, pack it up. It's time to leave the pool. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that we need to still be asking that question. I don't know if it's actually a question today. Mm-hmm. You know, man, if you're being honest, yeah, I I think from what we see happening, you know, in in our in our country, you know, yeah, yeah, I think the question is is yes, you yeah. know. Now that doesn't mean to me that God can't revive and you know, right? But have has America moved beyond, you know, that? so-called Christian nation, I, I yeah. would say, I would say yes. Yeah. I think one of the greatest losses that we have, um, have, that we have suffered and that has, you know, crept in over time, but it's increased in the last 10 years. Like, you know, you see a moral decline that yeah. happens slowly over time, but when you see, and I think it was, um, it was Ann Graham Lotz who said mm. a few years ago, um, she was being interviewed on a radio show and Ann Graham Lotz described like the pangs of childbirth. And yeah. This is a biblical mm-hmm. description, but mm-hmm. she said, you know, she said, and I remember when I had my children and then the labor pains come and then they're coming every couple minutes and then every minute. And then, you know, you can't stand it. And then the baby comes. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, if you look at what's happening in the United States of America, we're like, you can't stand it. Mm-hmm. You can't stand it. Yeah. You know, and I agree with her. Yeah. I agree with her. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we have to mourn in this country, but we've got to mourn quickly because we, <laughs> we got to regroup time. and then keep moving. <laughs> right. Like, so you got to, you got to, you know, get your box or tissues, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to mourn the loss of, and, and I will deal with this a little bit more, kind of unpack it a little bit, but you've got to mourn the loss of a common moral ground. Mm-hmm. We no longer have a common moral ground in the United States of America. Now, and, and, and look, and I'm, I'm not saying that we were not, a nation founded on Judeo-Christian principles. That right. is obvious. Right. I mean, that is documented. Right. But I think the understanding of us being a Christian nation was also the understanding that those who were here who were not Christian submitted to, appreciated, and expected a common moral ground that accompanied the identification of Christianity. Yeah, and they even reaped the benefits of living in a place that the moral ground was Christianity. Christianity you Correct. Know? But now it's so now it's, here is what I'm gonna different. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna throw out. Okay? okay, to your point, here's what I'm gonna throw out. Christians are now going to have to rethink our engagement totally. 
Okay. So, for example, what now needs to be removed from our communication, from our dialogue with individuals, would be sentences or statements that sound something like, you know what I mean? Mm. Because the answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know uh, what you mean. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. Right. Because we don't have the same shared values, will that you and I grew up with. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's not very long ago. No. So I would imagine for some of our listeners mm-hmm. who are engaged right now, they're like, "Who are you telling?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably look at they probably look at our generation, the mm-hmm. '80s and the '90s, and they're like, "No, you guys were sliding even then." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like you know, you guys weren't golden. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But I think the the adjustment that we have to make as we go into a new decade is to understand that the moral ground, the 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 sure footing that was once expected in the United States of America has eroded. Understand, it's not eroding, it has eroded. Mm. And so then the question becomes now, how do we engage people in our day-to-day living, in our going and our coming, right, on our jobs? If you've got kids in school, you've got kids at the collegiate level, um, the question then becomes, how do we engage people in light of this. Now, there is a, there's something that is manifesting, not to sound overly churchy, but there is a, a type of engagement that you see. Mm. And really, this engagement is an admission that we no longer have any moral ground upon which we all stand and agree. So we have to run to our corners. People mm. polarize when there's no moral ground because yeah. we can't. So now the great discussion is political. Mm. Now the great discussion is, okay, because what people are looking for is they're looking for a herd. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a place where they can stand and say, okay, we all agree here. And even in Christendom, if -hmm. you will, Mm -hmm. people are having a hard time finding that. And so where do they feel their greatest points of agreement are? It's political. Yeah, and that's that's a very bad misstep by by Christians because— uh, no matter what is done politically, we have a sure foundation, a sure word, you know, and it shouldn't sway us uh, one to the to the other. Yeah. So if we're looking for a side or whatever. Mm-hmm. It should be the Lord's side. Yes. It should that's be, right. you know, what the scriptures say. That's right. You know, that's where the church should squarely live, you know, to be able to be in a in a, in a place where that's that's morally bankrupt, a prophetic voice and say, hey, yes, no. We don't do that over here in the church. And a matter of fact, if you don't turn from these ways, mm-hmm. you know, you will find yourself in destruction, mm-hmm. you know. But if the church has gone along with that and, and joining these different sides, how can we stand out to be that voice? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it's almost as if what the Lord has built in for us in our Christian engagement and Christian living mm-hmm. is a community. Yeah. It's a community where we all agree because we have one straight edge. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not that we agree with each other's stated positions. Mm-hmm. We agree with the stated position. Amen. Um, um, over the over the break, mm-hmm. you know, we had a discussion with our kids where we were teaching them. And, you know, just in conversation as you're reading the scriptures and all of these things, building your children's vocabulary, we're teaching them about orthodoxy. Yeah. What is orthodox and what is unorthodox? You know, what is it that we believe? What are the fundamentals of the Christian faith? How do you recognize that you clearly have something different when a person claims to be a Christian? Mm. And increasingly what we will have 
you already have it, mm-hmm. right? But it will increase ever the more is that the name or the 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 description or even the title Christian will mean less and less in our culture. Mm. And so like, you know, we were talking to the kids about how there are people who will have no problem if you say Jesus Christ is a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But if you say he is the way, yeah, then all of a sudden there. you're hateful mm-hmm. and you're exclusive. Right. You know? So here's the, here's the, um, I guess the premise for our discussion today, and then mm-hmm. we'll take a look at some of the headlines that kind of show us, I think it's, it's the underbelly of what we battle in this country that for Christians, we must never get used to this. We must understand that the extent of wickedness has no bounds. Like wickedness will not police itself. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like yeah. wickedness is not going to say, Ooh, that's too wicked even for me. <laughs> right, like right. it's not wickedness will just continue on. More right. And more. more and more ever increasing. So here is the, here is the premise, right? Knowing where we live will shape how we live. Mm. And what I mean by that is that we cannot just declare I live in America and think that there is something commonly understood among all Americans when you say that, it's no longer true. Mm. It's no longer true. To say that you are an American or even, man, and I gotta, and I know everybody mourn with me, right? <laughs> to say I'm an American or to say, man, this is antithetical to American values. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm. Because what we have now is we have a nation that has gone through a tremendous transformation where American values have been redefined. Wow. Now, again, I don't think that means we retreat. We've got to continue advancing. The church is an advancing force. The church is ever moving, right? Yeah. So we've got to continue to stand on the truth and stand on the word of God. But we have to understand that if we don't start at a very basic level with defining our terms, defining what we mean, understanding mm. where we live, then the next 10 years will be even more difficult than the last 10 years. Mm. We are equipped for this time. Yeah. Do you know that the Lord gave you life and determined that you should live in this time right now for his purpose? Chief among those purposes, if you will, that you would seek after him and find him. Amen. Amen. Acts 17, 26, check that out. The Bible tells us this. We are equipped to stand in the time that we're living in. We can do it if we will. Amen. All right, Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take the break and be right back. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Welcome to the new year and dare I even say a new decade. Uh, this is our first time back uh, since the close of 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. Uh, knowing where we live will hmm. shape how we live. That's that's the topic here. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, how should we view America in the years ahead? How will this determine our engagement? How hmm. we view America in the coming years will mm. determine how we engage in this country. I think it's important for us to note that we no longer have a common playbook in America, just mm. America itself. Yeah, That's important for the Christian because listen, you have a rallying point. 
it doesn't have to be now we don't know what to do. Our country has lost its identity. Mm-hmm. Our identity as Christians is not lost. In fact, our identity as Christians makes Man. us better able to engage Amen. our culture in our nation. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Amen. So we shouldn't be, and, and I don't want anyone to you know run around like Chicken Little. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, the identity of our nation is lost. No, because your identity as a Christian is sure. Yes. yes. That is solid. That Ephesians has never changed. One. No, I'm just saying Ephesians chapter 1. You know, Paul talks about mm-hmm. uh, being identified in our identity in Christ. Amen. Know? Amen. And, yeah. So we will do well to learn. And, and we'll talk about some of these things that, you know, we've got to learn the opposition's playbook mm-hmm. so that we can protect our children, that we can protect our grandchildren, that we can equip them to stand. Um, we know that our identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is going to help us as our nation goes through this shift mm-hmm. um, in the next 20 years as we observe and we watch this. For example... I was reading this story and uh, this story is over at the Daily Wire. And I thought, wow, you know, this is, again, a picture of our nation going through this identity shift where we don't have a common ground. We don't have a common moral ground anymore. Um, The things that people think, these things are not thought in isolation. Right. They they are not thought up in a vacuum. Right. They are representative of a common pervasive thought that is woven throughout our country, mm-hmm. guys. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, it's unfortunate, but this has happened on our watch as Christians. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, we have to, we have to own that. And now we have to say, okay, how do we regroup and continue on? But this story, USA Today ran an article, an op-ed um, that was written by Elvia Diaz. I guess Elvia Diaz is yeah. how you would say her name. Um, She wrote that it was terrifying that members of the West Freeway Church of Christ in Texas were armed (laughs) when a murderer stormed into their congregation and opened fire. She wrote that it was disturbing that members of the congregation were armed (laughs) when a gunman came into their midst and opened fire on them. That's crazy. Even mentioning like we don't know who these people are, you know, and stuff like that. Like as far as having 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 guns, you know, we don't we don't know. Like talking about the members of the church. Exactly. And I'm like, man, so praise God that these members had. (laughs) Amen. Six seconds. Yeah. Amen. Start to finish. Oh, my goodness. And so here's what when I look at this and I process this and I go, I see this as an indication of our decline that is undeniable. Right. And I look at this and I go, this is what happens when people should not be protected, but ideology should. Mm. This is what happens when human life has no value, only political positions, Mm. only your corner. Right. Only only your camps philosophies. That's when you're looking for the angle here, because the angle Mm. here, in my opinion. Yeah. Is that there is only one angle that armed people stop evil people who are armed or good armed people, right? Stop evil people who are armed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And evil people do not obey or submit to gun laws. Because the guy was not supposed to have a gun. And the thing is, it's disgusting to me on either side when they try to use this type of situation in a political way. Mm -hmm. So... She was saying she was upset because she felt like gun rights people are using this to say, look, we need to be protected, you know, and, and this was a good thing. And then on, on the other end, she's on the other end saying, you know, um, no, the real story is this guy. 
and we need to strip gun guns away because this guy got it illegally. And I'm like, why you use a situation like this as a political ploy? You know, like this and but good but people won out. Willfully overlooks the fact that the case is made and that this wicked man is not going to police himself. Right. So what is so what is left in in her opinion that innocent people should be sitting ducks? That's that's that's, that's her insane. opinion. It is it makes absolutely no sense. But not here's the thing. Here's the thing. USA Today ran the story though. USA Today published And they're receiving blowback. And they should. They As should. right they should. Man, there was one comment from a man who um oh man, let me see if I can find that. There's one comment from a man who survived Columbine. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean when you think back to that, and again, that's we were in high school right. during that time. That's that's those are our high school years. But he he his response was how he wished mm-hmm. someone had a gun. Right. I've stared down the barrel of a gun. Mm-hmm. I wish someone had a gun and could have protected us. <laughs> Hello, remember us? We're yeah. Columbine. That's what he said. I stared down the barrel of, of a gun at Columbine where 13 people were murdered and almost 30 wounded. I wish then and now that we had a Jack Wilson mm. that fateful day, the world would be a better place if there were more men and women like Jack Wilson. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. This is an example of what we're dealing with. Yeah. There is no common moral ground that it is good for innocent people to be defended and protected. You, it's, you see that? You see that there's, there's no common moral ground here. We don't, and you know, <laughs> again, this is going to take some adjusting, but you will see stories like this increasingly because we no longer have a shared morality in mm. the United States of America. We no longer have um, this stable footing that we all stand on. And we say, you know how there could be what we would call a collective gasp at wickedness or evil? Well, there is no longer a collective gasp. Yeah. It, you might have some people take a deep breath over here. You may have some people shake their heads. But there is no longer anything in our country, guys, that we all agree and share where we say, in our country, we don't do that. In our country, we don't think like that. Yeah. Do, have you ever heard the term uh, Frenchism or Italianism? No, you haven't. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever heard the term Germanism? No, you haven't. But you hear Americanism all the time. Mm. Because it is, there is an understanding that there is something different about this country yeah. from its founding until now. Yeah. There has been an understanding that this country has its own way of doing things. And really, this country has a consistent and dependable morality mm. that America is great because she's good. Mm. Right. Mm. So what happens in a country where she's not good anymore? What happens? You see, because this is this is a part of what we have enjoyed in the history of this country, the bounty. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh, my goodness, you, you look at the hand of God on our country, you know, in part because even though we missed it. We've missed it, right? We've, we've had periods in this country where we have missed it. Challenge me on that, if you will. But God's mercy, God's faithfulness to us, despite our periods or seasons of missing it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think that we have now conditioned our country to exist in a state of missing it. It's not like a, wow. oh, that's a break from the norm. Like, oh, man, I can't believe we had that. Like, that's, we have sinned against God. You understand now our country has normalized rebellion. So that is the norm. 
Mm. That's, that's the, you know, and why should we expect that God owes us anything? So I would say this, it's incumbent upon the Christian to implore the Lord, mm. right? To ask of the Lord. It's mm. incumbent upon the Christian to live righteously in the land in which we dwell. Mm. And I would say, even as the Lord told the Old Testament prophets, pray that it goes well for you. Pray yeah. that it goes well in the land in which you dwell, because if it goes well for the land in which you, you dwell, then it goes well for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the option that we have now. Yeah. We need to ask the Lord, <laughs> ask the Lord that it goes well with us in our country, because when it goes well in our country, it does go well for us. But there is no longer this, oh, Lord, because we are righteous before you. No, it's, mm. I'm sorry. It's not that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 we're not good. And we don't deserve God's mercy. Right yeah. now, we still better implore. We better ask. We better beg of the Lord. We need his mercy. Amen. But man, there's nothing. You know, we don't have any receipts <laughs> currently. We, we'd have to go digging through old shoeboxes <laughs> to try to find receipts where we're like, hey, Lord, <laughs> we don't we just don't have that. Man, we have another story here and talking about um, the indication that the moral fabric of our country um, has just worn down. After a months-long investigation, a top official for the New York City Department of Education, which oversees the largest school district in the country, was arrested at an airport in Wisconsin on Sunday for allegedly attempting to meet with an underage boy for sex. I should have given a disclaimer. I apologize. Let me give a disclaimer here. This is not suitable for young ears. I wanna, I'm going to go through this story a little bit here, and then I want to offer some commentary on it because... It's not all that shocking. It's shocking for America in 1990. <laughs> it's shocking for America in 1985. It's, it's a, there would be a collective gasp here. But in the era of Buttigieg? Mm. Oh, Miki, that's not the same. Miki, those are consenting adults. No, and, that's and, a deviation and, yeah. from God's standard. Buttigieg and being minor attracted and Come all on. this stuff that we're throwing around, uh, throwing around today. This is like a. Listen, <laughs> we have a serious conversation going on right now about the support behind Pete Buttigieg and the dwindling support behind Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> this is what I mean when I mm. say. We are not in the America that we once knew. We, as soon as we understand this then we can fight according to that. We can war according to that. We, but we've got to get away from the nostalgia. Yeah. Everybody, you've got to take your moment yeah. where you miss Mayberry. Mm, but I'm going to tell you, and I've told people this before, <laughs> you're not going to get a Coke for 25 cents anymore. You're not getting a Coke for a nickel. You're not. <laughs> you're not going down to the five and dime. All right? You're not. That's, you're not going to sleep with your doors unlocked anymore. Mm. You, you've got to mourn that loss but then you got to do battle where you live right now, not where you wish you lived. Come on. Now. Right. You got we got we have to see this. So this even when you read this story, you expect that there's a collective gas. Now, part of what you and I do, Will, is when we open up these microphones every day is we're trying to say there still should be a collective gasp. Yeah, that should be a, a grieving. We still have to sh a vexation. Be shock and be vexed over this. Yeah. We still have to be like Lot. Don't lose that. We still have to say <laughs> No. You understand? So we don't want to lose it. But at the same time, we want to acknowledge that the people that we live in the midst of don't have it. Mm -hmm. They do not share this with us. Okay. But what I'm telling you 
is that you'll have some people, I was even reading some of the comments in this article, you know, oh, this is just, we fired him immediately. This is just reprehensible. We cannot, come on, <laughs> come on. De Blasio, de Blasio married a former lesbian. I'm so, I'm, look, guys, y'all know Mickey's gonna, I'm, look, okay, mm-hmm. all right. We're not, we're not here to lie to people and pretend. We've got to recognize the country that we live in so that we can do battle accordingly. Back to this article. Department of Education Deputy Chief of Staff David Hay was arrested at General Mitchell International Airport in Milwaukee on Sunday on a charge of using a computer to facilitate a child sex crime, according to cops in Nina, Wisconsin. While details about the allegations have not been released, Wisconsin defines the charge brought against Hay as use of a computer to facilitate a sex crime. That's, that's the title of the charge, mm-hmm. right? It's using a computerized communication system to communicate with an individual who the actor believes or has reason to believe has not attained the age of 16 years. <laughs> they have not attained the age of 16 years but they have contacted this person with the intent to have sexual contact or sexual intercourse with that individual. Mm. Now, we have a problem. We have a problem because in our public school system, we celebrate and promote days of silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a problem. See, now, right. Man. How yeah. do we both gasp, but then at the same time, we are the perpetrators? Mm. There's no don't play with the people. Yeah, you're not upset about this, but you have to pretend because there's still a portion of the country that will gasp. Mm -hmm. You see. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you don't expect us really to believe you're upset about this when you normalize what is abnormal. Right. When you sexualize children. By parading cross-dressing men uh, into public on. libraries. Oh, are you gasping? Right, and they celebrate that. Come on, man. But they, yeah. Come, you right. sexualize children, and you're going to tell me that a man, you know, is making $168,000 a year. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's now he doesn't have any direct access to children, but well, previously position, he served though. as principals of, of, of a couple of schools. I and still say, his position. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're going to look at the education system. What are they letting come in? Exactly right. The the curriculum and all that kind of stuff is being celebrated, but you you have a person like this now it's like clutch your pearls. Now, <laughs> that's exa- we didn't. I, we cannot believe. No, yes, you can. This is this is what you want, and in fact, you are working overtime to groom children <laughs> so that Mister Hay has his pick. Mm. You're working overtime to sexualize and groom. Now remember, exactly. and and I go back, you know. <laughs> Kurt Franklin, we didn't sync your curriculum. <laughs> we know what you're doing. Yeah, we know what you're doing. We've you're, already you're read your books. Exactly. So don't play with us that outrage. you're shocked and you're going to immediately fire right. him. Yeah, you immediately fired him because he got caught. Mm-hmm. You fired him because he got caught. Guys, this is what we're dealing with here. Wow. This is not the country that you grew up in. But I got to tell you, it is, in fact, the country that your kids are growing up in. Come on now. How now shall we live? Erin mm. the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
It's a flood warning, it's easy to mock If you've never seen it pouring, they like We've never seen rain before Then here you come saying God sent us gonna pour So we choose our way and reject salvation though it's priceless The same reason we're stoned a prophet but the sort of psychic So please remember, we know it was the butt of the joke But when the flood came, those who left was chasing his boat It can be fairly said that this administration, because of President Trump's quiet prodding, has done quite a bit for funding of historically black colleges and universities. The First Step Act, which was a massive first step toward criminal justice reform. Just a couple of weeks ago, in this newly signed defense bill, there is a law that says if you are seeking work for the federal government or any contractor, you don't have to be asked and you cannot be asked about your criminal history until right toward the end. That's a significant change long sought by criminal justice advocates, plus opportunity zones in the tax bill directed at communities of color. That is a legacy on the agenda side that almost any president after three years would want to claim. Mm, but um, none of them did. Okay, none of them did. Listen, that's Chief Washington Correspondent for CBS News, uh, Major Garrett. Mm-hmm. Major Garrett, uh, he, was <laughs> he was on Face the Nation and he was discussing... Uh, one of the most underreported stories or the most underreported news of 2019. And that was his response. Welcome to the new America (laughs) where the most pro-black president is racist. (laughs) Hey, welcome welcome to the country. Y'all get off the plane. Here we are. This is look, as soon as you get checked in, (laughs) okay, just as soon as you just drop your bags off I mean, keep your passport in hand. All right. As soon as you, the sooner you get checked in. Yeah. All right. The sooner we can all get down to business. Yeah. You don't recognize this country. The most black president. <laughs> quote Mickey Addison on this. Trump is blacker than Obama. All right. There you go. Did that girl just say she did? She said that. All right. The oh blackest God. president that this nation has ever known is also the most racist. Which is so crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Insane. Now, I always say this because whenever liberal news outlets tell the truth, <laughs> that means it's overwhelmingly true. Right. You can't. You can't. And 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 you got to look at this was a segment on what wasn't reported. Yeah. So it's yeah. like he. Even, in other words, what is it that y'all hid from the people in twenty nineteen? Exactly. Exactly. Oh well. It, I'm surprised you brought racist, that out like that. The racist man. <laughs> Okay, well, man, I since you asked me like that, he's actually done a uh, <laughs> he's done a lot for black people. <laughs> he's like the Grinch that doesn't want to say Christmas, but he right, has to. Right, right. I'm not going into town. On <laughs> <laughs> That's you, you know. So oh, so man. whenever liberal news outlets tell the truth, it is undeniably true. That means, and watch this. This is this is a funnyism. That means it's really true. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, that means it's, it's true, true. It's <laughs> so true that I have to tell on us that the most underreported mm-hmm. story or the most underreported news is all that this president has done for communities of color. Now go to your safe space, <laughs> everyone. Go. This is our country, though, guys. Baggage claim. Let's everybody keep your passport in hand. This is a new nation that we live in, <laughs> where it. Well, you will sit back yourself and you will go. Well, man, is he? Is he racist? I mean, I don't. You know. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I just, I see so much and I just don't know. Well, here you go now, since we've said goodbye to 2019, 
and we're doing a year in review, mm -hmm. we can we can comfortably say, here's all we didn't tell you in 2019. Number one, um, you guys are looking at the blackest president you've ever known. And which is a real indictment on the liberal, you know, news media. Come on, man. Is to say, basically, we didn't tell y'all this. <laughs> right. We have a vested interest of not telling y'all this. That's right. But at the That's end right. of the year, when we do a review, the you know, we know, hey, we didn't tell y'all hey, this, but I mean, he's done a lot for yeah. Yeah, sorry, guys. communities of color. It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> leaving guests at your house oh my goodness. and having a fridge in the garage and a fridge in the house that's mm -hmm. empty. Mm -hmm. The fridge in the house is empty. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when they, when you get back and you're like, oh man, y'all didn't know we had a loaded fridge in the garage. Right. Like, oh, y'all sorry. Oh, we, we didn't. We, you know one why detail we, we missed telling you. We didn't tell you all that because we didn't think you would go into the garage <laughs> and we were counting on you not finding that food. Mm. So when you look for your news in the obvious place, i.e. the fridge in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and you don't find food, you assume there is no food. Man, okay, on, man. right? But what we have learned in this new America that we live in is that we have to do our own digging. Mm -hmm. We have to do our own investigation. Mm -hmm. We have to go to these non-traditional sites, mm -hmm. i.e. the don't garage. Don't believe the fake news. The don't lies. believe the fake news. <laughs> so that means you have to go out into the garage. That means that you open doors out in garages. Mm -hmm. because you got to do like, your own research. <laughs> <laughs> you know who goes out into the garage, though? Let's just have a conversation about this. Those who are really hungry and want the food. Mm. Those people who want the They're information. They're going to look for it. You're going like, uh, to look it gotta for it. got to be here somewhere. You can't have a whole house with no food. Exactly right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> don't invite me over to your house. I'm going to find the food. Uh, I, I'm going to find your snack basket. All right. Let's open the phone lines and hear from some of our listeners. 888-589-8840. Welcome to this new America. How now are you going to live? That's what we're talking about. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We don't recognize our country, but it is the new norm. It is the new norm. We have to understand that we no longer have a common ground. We no lo longer have those shared values that we all expected. Do you remember when you expected news media to report the news? <laughs> you remember when you expected them not to editorialize? Mm. You remember when you thought if it didn't happen and didn't come up on the nightly news that it didn't happen? Mm -hmm. It really didn't happen. You took, it, you took it as the truth, like what was being reported. Like this is, and, and you took it as unbiased. Like, man, they just re they're just reporting the news. Man, I saw another story. Not and anymore. I, I, not anymore. Not anymore. I saw another story. And um, this is crazy. NBC News anchor Chuck Todd is facing heavy backlash for suggesting that Trump voters want to be lied to since they believe in fairy tales like Noah's Ark. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Wow. So, so not only... Are we at the Bible, religious huh? and narrow-minded, <laughs> but we are also ignorant children. You see, like this, look, this is what we're dealing with. Welcome to America, where as a Christian, now you're mocked. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, 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 you know, the backlash may be also because Jews also believe in the account of Noah's flood. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, even in, in the Quran, there's an account of a, of a worldwide flood. Like, I mean, <laughs> even among other nations, mm -hmm. there was a historic account that there was some sort of worldwide flood and some type of boat? How does this information get passed down to all these different nations if it's just made up by narrow-minded, middle America Americans? <laughs> but that's what happens when you live in a bubble. Mm. That's what happens when you control the output of news. Guys, keep your passport in hand as you deboard this plane. Mm -hmm. Make sure you understand that it's not the country that you once knew. 
for Christians, this is not a call for us to retreat, but this is a call for us to engage with the boldness that we always were supposed to have. Right, right. It's, it's like, you know, you didn't, you didn't really have to be all that peculiar because we were all just kind of the same. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to be, it's like, we are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. And, and then you look around and it's like, oh, we're, I mean, we're all pretty good. We're all pretty good. Like, so, <laughs> so we don't really understand what Peter's saying. We don't understand this peculiarity that Peter is mentioning. What do you mean, Peter? We're different. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What, what do you, but now you see it. Now you see it. And this may be one of the biggest indicators that our country has secularized because now Christians are peculiar in America. Mm, like you know, really, for real. We're really peculiar. What do you mean only women can give birth to children? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean when you say that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to David in Texas. Hi, David. Good afternoon. Good How afternoon. Y'all? Doing Hi. good. In, in, enjoy y'all's conversations very much. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to comment on the the lady that um, was so upset that uh, we're having to carry um, guns in church and mm-hmm. defend ourselves even in in church. Uh, what she needs to realize is that the saddest part is, of all of this is, is that we have driven ourselves to this point. Mm. We've kicked God out of school. Mm-hmm. We've kicked him virtually out of our homes. In mm. some cases, in a sense, we've also kicked him out of our churches. Mm. And we have opened wow. the door yeah. for yeah. such as this to go on. You're right. But if we're not allowed to protect ourselves, who is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it okay? It's okay for the. It's okay for you know. We're going to sit there and let a church get get uh you know just wiped out, waiting mm-hmm. for the police to get there. And I'm a former officer. I realize you know. Hey, it does take time to get someplace. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's also bear in mind that there was a school in Florida whose sheriff's deputy got oh. there, and he was too chicken to go in. Come on, David. And, and defend our kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful. I'm yeah. sad that we're at the point to where we have to carry guns in school, but I'm grateful that those men were there mm. and willing, and let's bear in mind that every last one of them was moving toward the aggressor. Oh, mm, David, brother, man. thank, you, thank so you so much for your that's call. That's a great point that he brought out, Oh, too. my goodness. You have no idea. I mean, that, yes, thank you so much. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Wow. Chauncey in Ohio. Hi, Chauncey. Hi, how are you? Hi. Good. Just want to say real quick, I absolutely love you guys' show. You guys do an excellent job. Thank God bless you. you. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to briefly... Um, I'll comment on uh, something um, concerning what you were speaking on at the beginning of your show. Mm-hmm. And um, as a preacher, this just absolutely drives me nuts. I think that many of us do not realize or uh, fully understand what the term Christian really is or what is meant by that word um, in the uh, New Testament. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I think we need to um, recover what that word actually means mm-hmm. um, as as a follower of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Did we lose Chauncey? Amen. No, no, I, no he's still going. Go, go ahead, ahead, Chauncey. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say it's, 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 it's not just people who go to church or even just people who faithfully serve in their church. Mm-hmm. It's do you follow Jesus according to his terms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we were talking a while back about uh, Barna's breakdown with the, the, the younger millennials. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember how he had one of the characters, and I'm going to forget the names. I don't have it in front of me, but he had the faithful disciples. The, and the resilient, oh, the resilient yeah. disciples, disciples and then the church. habitual churchgoers. Yeah, I think so. Big difference. Yeah. Even the Barna group is identifying this as a different type of person, right. not synonymous with being a Christian as we would understand it biblically to Chauncey's point. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Ron in Memphis. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? Hello. Good, good. I've, uh, I've uh, discovered this channel about two months ago and I, I listen to it every day. Oh, Thanks, God y'all. bless you. God bless you, brother. And uh, I belong to a non-denominational church, mm-hmm. and even my preacher packs a weapon. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm sorry, but we're well, we're all trained and legally uh, can can carry a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 22 years I'm 22 years retired military, mm-hmm. and we're all very well trained. But we know, and people ask me, do you not? Trust God. I said, yes, I do. I trust him to keep my powder dry and my, <laughs> finger pu- and my trigger full smooth. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Ron. Ron, God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. Look, I'm going to tell you, I have I have felt, um, I when I've spoken to women's groups, you know, and most recently, um, I, I, you know, I was at Faith Baptist in West Point, mm-hmm. and I was so encouraged because the brother that was doing the PowerPoint was there and he had his cell phone and his gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and look, I'm look, cause people are crazy, man. Yeah. People are crazy. They don't have any respect for life. And because our nation is making those kinds of people, mm-hmm. let's try to squeeze one more call in. Will the great, let's go to a D in, te- in Tennessee. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello, thank you so much uh, for taking my call, and I just want you to know I avid listeners of, of you and Will. I appreciate you all just speaking so boldly on today's issues. My comment is uh, the lady was talking about it's a sad thing that the people in the church had the guns or whatever. <laughs> I think it's a sad thing that someone would dare enter a church. Come on, D. people in right. the church right. in the first place. That's right. Yeah. You know? That is some kind of bold to walk up in God's house and try to kill people. And what she doesn't realize is that the Bible does give Christians the right to defend themselves. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And look, and I'm going to tell you something. And Christians are tasked with obeying the laws of their land. That's right. And so we are able to bear arms. Yes, even for the glory of God. We have that right (laughs) in this country. You know, and I would say this to Dee's point. When you walk into a house of worship, and you shoot Christians, you understand, you have no reverence or fear of God and no respect or value mm. for human life. That's right. That's I mean, right. what other recourse do people have? We're supposed to not go to church anymore because we're at home afraid? Man. May it never be. Amen. All right, thanks so much for listening. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.